Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome back to CamFest 2021. We are talking about the feature film American-ish with the director, Iman Zawari, and star of the film, Isa Fatima. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to start with you, Iman. Can you introduce us to Americanish? Yeah, for sure. So Americanish is um, a feature film about three Pakistani American Muslim women living love, life, and career in New York City. And it applies themes of feminism, racism, women in the workplace, um, family, sisterhood, culture, all intertwined together um, to show what really means to be an American. Yeah, in 90 minutes, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, so, yeah. Just simple enough. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, I have to commend you for this film just off the bat. It, I, I read that it was funded entirely by uh, Western Muslim donors. It's the first American Muslim romantic comedy made by an American Muslim director. Uh, that's that's no small feat. Um, so I'd, I'd like to hear, in your opinion, why did it take so long for the entertainment industry to be ready for a film like this? And, and why do you think it's ready now? It's a great question. You know, it's been a quite a challenge because I've been trying to do this since 2006, um, telling stories about Muslim women. And it's been very challenging to have it kind of break through. And I feel that we needed, sadly, what the, the trauma that were ha happened to us as collective Americans through um, the previous president and through different um, hate crimes kind of opens up people's ideas of, you know, Muslims, um, the stereotypes that's happened through it, and it connects uh, minority groups together to kind of tell these stories and to have um, education come through art. So I really think, you know, I and I were writing this together. Um, she's the co-writer and producer. And we've been writing this for, eight, like we wrote it for four years. We started this, this journey eight years ago and we kept telling ourselves, oh my gosh, we're taking so long, we're taking so long. And Isa made a really great point. It's like, this film is for now because of the trauma that we went through the past four years and how we're able to um, give a, you know, thoughtful, provoking um, viewpoint on it to audiences to let people know this is what Muslim women look like. This is what our wants or needs are. And this is how it is to live um, in America as a Muslim woman. Yeah. Um, and Isa, I read a little bit about you, you know, doing my, my internet sleuthing and saw your, your previous experience before really um, diving into the arts. Uh, you're trained as a microbiologist and then you were a Google ads engineer. So I was like, oh, so the scenes with like underperforming white guys was totally <laughs> familiar for you. So you probably didn't have to act too hard. But can you, I don't know, can you talk about your jump from like, I'm writing Google ads to be like, fuck this, I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, it was exactly like that. I was like, fuck this shit. Fuck <laughs> yeah, these guys. No. Yeah, but you know, I'll just say, like, having worked in, like, various industries, I was at a startup right before I came to Google, and I was Google for a number of years. Um, 
it's all very similar. And it's so funny, like as a very young person and you're like early 20, I was like very young. I like skipped grades and I like graduated early from college, you know, overachiever Asian person, right? <laughs> all of us probably in this room have like double <laughs> masters and PhDs and whatever in like neuroscience. Oh, I'm not that smart. <laughs> no, sorry, wow. no, sorry yeah. I stereotyped you guys. Sorry guys. What, did I invite you my mom smart. to the not an academic nerd. It's okay. It's okay not to be one. It doesn't pay off in life. I don't know where all those degrees have ever gotten me. Nowhere, nowhere, really. <laughs> nowhere good. But yeah, but like just having worked in other places too, it's just, I, it's so interesting. I've always been in like very male dominated industries. Um, and like, I've always had male bosses, like even at the tech startup, it was all dudes at Google. It was all dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And was, and it's so interesting. Like some of those experiences are just like, I've witnessed them my whole like I say something and then somebody else echoes it and then like the people in the room are like that's right that guy what the guy that's literally happened to me so and so many other women so many times and it's just like you know at Google this was a real thing like just getting overlooked for promotions like again and again and again like and there was like some secret sauce I never figured out what the secret sauce was you know but I think like this character and like what she's going through is so much of this. This is like every freaking woman I know. So it's not my story at all, frankly. It's like every freaking woman I know story. We're trying <laughs> to climb up a corporate ladder, which is not really built for people who are not white or, you know, people who are not men, I think. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, yes, like thank you. There's like bro-ness to it, right? There's like the bros hang out, the bros go out for drinks and then if you're like a Muslim person who doesn't drink, it's like, what, how do you get to navigate that world? You don't. You just, that was that mm-hmm. was sort of like something I really felt. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because the system is not built for someone like you. It's built for something else. So you're trying to fit into something that there, there's no mold for you. There's so, no, exactly. So anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one, of, one of the parts of the film that I was really like, okay, this is why representation matters is was the whole conversation about uh, the hijab and, you know, her wearing it versus not. And, you know, it's it's so easy as an outsider to make assumptions about uh, what it means, but it's such a complicated and deeply personal decision. Um, can you, you both co-wrote it. Can you speak to, you know, why, why that, uh, including that part of the storyline was important for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was extremely important. Um, you know, most of my shorts that I've created, they're all hijabi Muslim women. Um, and I, I, growing up brown in the South, have, was always tired of being seen as foreign, right? And they automatically see you as foreign when you're wearing a scarf. So I had put this like scarlet letter. I was like, I'm going to be the, the representation to show that like, we're not foreign. We're, you know, we're, I'm American as anybody else. And also this concept of being docile and timid constantly with hijab is like really hard. So like that's the um, external part of it in terms of society, but really within our Muslim community, you know, wearing hijab is, is rough. It, it's not easy, right? It's um, there's judgment within and without the community, but like re- religi- re- religiosity, um, internal conflict within yourself um, and then the external, you know, issues within the main community. And so you know, Isa, when we were talking about this, it was really important. We wanted to show what an internally what a Muslim woman feels. So if you watch the movie, it shows how she's getting pressure from her mother, her sister, um, the guy she wants to talk to, and externally in the community. So we layered all those in super subtly, and I'm glad it came through. Thank you, Angela, because we were wondering if that was actually going to come through. And we know so many Muslim women, actually, 
I started wearing a scarf in my college year. And I think 80% of the people that wore it with me have taken it off. And so we wanted to show that struggle of um, what it means to take it on and off, what, what your identity really speaks of why putting it on and the reasons of putting it on. So, um, and I really appreciate, I was talking about this a lot about these Gen Zers, um, the, the concept and this push, like, again, when I was younger all my life, I'm like, you know, I'm a liberated woman, I can do what I want. Um, fighting actually, you know, female feminism that's constantly telling me that I am oppressed, even in our own, in our own groups. So being mm. able to, I love these memes that p- people come out where shows like, you know, a, mus- a woman, a Muslim woman dr- dressed in hijab and a girl wearing a bikini and saying, these are both, this is both feminism. This is both a part of, you know, being a strong woman. And that has meant so much to me kind of growing up because in, in the past, that was something I always had to fight within my own my own female community. So there's just so many layers about the um, hijab that we wanted to talk about. At the same time, it's like, okay, it's just a piece of cloth. You guys get over it. <laughs> you know, right. there's so many different things that it kind of encompasses. So for our character, I really wanted to show that she was a strong, opinionated, independent hijabi woman, and that that was tied to her identity um, of the choice of keeping it on or off. But as you can speak more to it, because she was also, of course, the writer. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you really summed it up really beautifully. Um, again, I think it's so important. It's so funny. Like I, you know, so some of these characters are based off of a play I started doing in 2011. And one of the central characters in the play, it's like the image is of the character. She holds, she's holding up a piece of lingerie next to her body and she's in a hijab. And that was so controversial for everyone. I remember early on, there was like a, just a white Jewish identifying woman in New York, super liberal, came to see one of the rehearsals for the play. And the character was like, the way she talked and the way she, whatever. And she was like, well, if somebody really talked like so American, almost like Valley Girl, would she really like be like wearing, covering her hair? Does that really, that's not realistic. You know, and she writes for a big publication and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. We have to educate everyone. Like, yes, that is American. And, you know, Iman was just saying this thing about like, now there are images of the bikini next to the hijab and they're saying this is all feminism, but we were still fighting it guys just a few years ago. There was the whole like um, the movement in Europe where women were taking off their tops, like the having topless hijab day, like a big slap in the face of all the Muslim feminists everywhere. You know, I might not cover my hair, but I'm also not going topless. And I think I'm a fucking feminist. Okay, deal with it. You know, and so every woman I know in America who covers her hair, it is part of her freaking feminism and activism. That is the only reason she's doing it. She's like in your face, like this is my identity. Deal with it. And I feel like that conversation gets um, like just completely, uh, you know, missed in the this conversation about like what you know because i think we only talk about one kind of feminism in america and it's a very western white kind of world view of feminism and then there's like no other room for other kinds of feminism which you know i find disturbing um yeah i mean i think anyway so that's that's the idea that's the idea behind that character and it's very important it's also very important with that character's trajectory you know she's the youngest character she's like just 21 22 years old and so it's very important to like show young girls like you can have agency over your own life you know you can choose uh, your own path you don't have to just like you know 
marry the first guy who shows interest in you, which is literally a line from the thing. But but it's so true because I think oftentimes as like young women, not just Muslim, but in general, you know, I grew up in the South in Mississippi and over there, it's just like, if you're not married by the time you're 22, like what's wrong with you? And and also like so many of my girlfriends went to college so they could get a guy. <laughs> like that was some of them, that was their purpose in going to college. And so it's just like for young women everywhere, like moving away from that narrative of like you have to have a significant other to be a validated human being in the world. No, you don't like figure out what you want and what you want to do with your life first. That's the most important thing. And I think I love that we use this sort of young girl who's a hijabi and a feminist to like kind of bring that out. Yeah, I got worried when she was going to get married. I was like, I mean, he's hot, but come on. Um, <laughs> I get it. He is hot. Do that. And, you know, he's, he's from the Bay Area, by the yes, way. My fiance like started actor. looking him up. He's like, oh, did you know he's from here? I'm like, I wasn't Googling yet, but thanks. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going there. <laughs> Tell me all about him. Um, the other uh, topic I wanted to talk about, and I know we're kind of running out of time here, but um, you do talk about racism uh, within the culture uh, and sexism within the culture. Um, and as Ange and I are like sitting through all these film festivals and watching films, especially from, you know, AAPI, Asian uh, directors, um, these conversations are finally coming out, which I think is really, really, really important because, you know, <laughs> I know in my family there's internal racism. So can you talk about being really specific in, um, and, and talking about them, putting that in the script. Yeah, um, this was really incredibly important to us. Um, and we had so many conversations about the sensitivity of it and if it was right for us to do it. And we were so staunchly like, yes, this is how we're going to do it. We're not gonna shy away from it because this is something that we both deal with every day. And I really, um, in my perspective, I really wanted to deal with it head on so that we recognize as a community that this, this isn't okay and this is wrong. And I remember, um, on set when, you know, the mom keeps saying these racist comments, I remember telling um, Isa for Sam's character, uh, you have to stand up against her. It wasn't written in the script originally, right? I was like, you have to stand up against her. Mm -hmm. And it came a funny, I mean, I'll just say what the line is. She's like, you have to stop saying that. And she's like, why? And she's like, because it's racist and you're brown. Yes. And mom <laughs> said, I'm not brown. And that is actually a line that my parents say. And I'm like, what? You know, they just don't get it. And, um, you know, not like we're going to change the world with this like one little film, but it's important for our community to understand that, first of all, we are here um, on the backs of black people and we, yes. um, we, owe we need to respect and owe it to them that we are here because of them. And it's not okay to be racist to anyone, of course, and to call it out because some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like when we have test screenings and stuff, they're just like, wow, you really didn't shy away from that at all. And I'm like, no, that's you. That's you right there. <laughs> you know, like this is how bad you look and you need to understand from that. So, you know, that was my, uh, my, my point. And of course, um, the black Muslim community is the largest community in America, the indigenous Muslim community here. And it was important that we speak about that as you can't have, you know, a Muslim film without that. And in, in my opinion, but I'll let Isa speak more into it. And I also love Godfrey, by the way, that could be a whole other conversation. Sorry. Yeah, we need a part two. We need a part two for that. You need Godfrey and Kapil on here. That's what you need. Yes. <laughs> two of them on here. <laughs> Godfrey is the one uh, he and I'm so happy that we I, we cast Godfrey because he brought so much to the conversation. Um, most of the lines in there were improv that he brought to the conversation. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of, you know, how he deals with racism and blackness. And it was really, it was really, really great. Thank you both so much. This has been an incredible conversation. We can talk all day <laughs> with the both of you. I think it was a really important conversation and we're, we're honored to have it with you. So um, again, we've been speaking to Iman Zawari and Isa Fatima of Americanish. Congratulations. Thank, you, Thank so you so much for having us. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.